So today the reading's from Romans 16, and you'll find that on page 1140 in the Red Bibles. That's page 1140, chapter 16, starting at verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon in the, of the church in Sancreae. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stichus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristopolis. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cortus, send you their greetings. 
Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Brilliant. Thanks, Roz. Thank you very much. Expertly read. Uh, let's say a prayer and then we'll dive into Paul's final words. Father, please help us to see the Lord Jesus in these words. Help us to cling to the Lord Jesus. Help us to treasure the Lord Jesus. And please, with the Lord Jesus, continue to change us to be more like him. And we pray that. In his name. Amen. Well, we've done it. We're finally there. The end is nigh. Paul's final words. I wonder how you feel about that. Maybe it's a little bit like parting with a good friend. You're a little bit sad to see the back of Romans. (laughs) Maybe it's the parting of an enemy. Happy to see the back of him. And off he goes. Never to be seen again. Well, we hope that that is not the case. Uh, But Romans is an epic book. It's taken us a year to get through 36, uh, are we uh, today, 36 sermons in Romans. Go back and work through them again if you've got all the time in the world, which I know none of you have, but they're there on the podcast because we think that Romans is really important for us to look at. And indeed, we've dug down Deep, But if we were in a ship, land has been sighted. We're getting ready to dock. If we were on a plane, the seatbelt sign has been switched on. It's 10 minutes to land. Paul's epic letter to the Romans has nearly been conquered. We've journeyed together and we're nearly there. But what about Romans 16? What about all those... Names. What has Paul done? There are two books that uh, remain on my shelf and I think they're fabulous books. But I'm pretty disappointed with the way that they ended. See if you can work out uh, which books these are. Then I saw that there was a way to hell, even from the gates of heaven, as well as from the city of destruction. So I awoke and behold, it was a dream. Anyone know that book? Yes, indeed. Pilgrim's Progress. You get so immersed into the book that you forget that Christian is dreaming the whole thing. That's an epic story. It's an epic book. But at that moment when you think, oh, he's woke up. No, don't end it like this. It's all a dream. Really? Apollyon was a dream. What about this one? He drew a deep breath. Well, I'm back, he said. Any offers? Lord of the Rings, that's it. 1,008 pages ends in that moment. Corabel, myself and Tommy are reading it at the moment. Sorry, Corabel, we're on page 975. Uh, We started in lockdown uh, and it's taken us to now to get to their bedtime reading. Uh, And that's the end uh, of the book. What about Romans 16? As Roz read it brilliantly, 
Didn't you feel a, a little like that? The anticlimax of it? Greet, 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 and some epic names in there too. Uh, lovely to see little baby Annabelle with us this, uh, this afternoon. But, but you could have chosen some epic names, Joe and Rosie, from that list, Romans 16, and marked our time together by choosing a name from that list. But what is Paul doing? Why end such a letter in, like he does in Romans 16? We've experienced the highs, the mountaintop peaks of chapter 8. Remember them? No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No separation from the love of God for those in Christ Jesus. 8 verse 1, 8.39. We've tried to imagine the first reader's experience, the collision of the two cultures, the backgrounds. Those Jewish converts, those Gentile believers, we tried to get under exactly who Paul was speaking to when and why. We've wrestled long and hard. We've gone to the depths of chapters 2 and 3. Natalie brilliantly defined those that we're all found in sin. We're all, as the Bible says, not worthy of him. We've all lost our way. We've witnessed the Jewish objectors, those holding on to the law and its requirements alongside or above the free grace of the gospel. We've tried to get under what what is their intention? Why are they holding on uh, to the law so tightly? We've discussed some of those disputable matters of which there were many in the house churches in Rome. And we thought through the applications for us. I wonder what your takeaways are. And as Johnny asked that question What are you taking away with you? What's grabbed you? What has it been? Maybe that's quite a hard question to answer when you're put on the spot. But it's worth off the back of tonight. It's worth stopping. And in your uh, little black books, these black journals, it's just worth making some final notes. Here are my takeaways. These things I do not want to lose. Because there's danger as we land that we get off the plane... And we leave our luggage in the overhead compartment (laughs) or our passport in the seat in front of us. We might step off the plane with a better knowledge of Romans, how it all fits together, who Paul is writing to. But we could leave behind its life changing implications and applications. That would be tragic for us as a church. So we want to leave this last chapter and we want this last chapter to help us ground the things that we've learned so far. Make sure that we do not leave our luggage or passport on the plane. We want to let this truth speak to us for the final time so that we move on with joy in our hearts. I think there are three crucial sections of crucial importance in Romans 16. I do not think it's like this, an anticlimax. I think Paul wraps it up brilliantly. Here's the first, treasure each other because you are not alone. The first 16 verses and then 21 to 24 as we hear of those names. Treasure each other, you are not alone. I've already heard it read, but this was the highlight verse of the series. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. 
for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jews, then for the Gentiles, then to the Gentiles. That was our first grasp of the gospel back in Romans 1. Our first understanding of it and what the gospel was powerful to do. What was it powerful to do? To bring salvation, to rescue. Who? Well, the Jews first, as Paul writes to the Jewish converts and helps them see that the gospel's for them before he takes it to the Gentiles. But it's for everyone. And so we get to Romans 16 and we've got 35 names. 35 names plus the church, plus the household, plus the brothers and sisters, plus the saints. These are the people... That Paul speaks about in Romans 1.16. These are the Jewish converts. These are the Gentile believers. These are individual lives who have been transformed by Jesus. Hearts that were far from him, but now with him. Men, women. Jews, Jewish names in there like Mary. Greeks, there are Greek names in there like Hermes. There are Romans, Romans Roman names like Julia. People of wealth, heads of households, Aristobulus and Narcissus. People with a a close bond with Paul, the mother of Rufus, Adronicus and Junius. Some are better known to Paul, Priscilla and Aquila in Acts 18, 1 to 3. Paul brings their names here and says, "Greet, greet them or he sends them greetings. Others that we have not heard of, Apollos. All of them have significance, very hard working or or hard working Mary or Tryphena, Tryphosa. These are the names of people who've been saved by the power of the gospel. They're not random names, not to the church who are listening. It's like me, if you were here from the start of town church and you thought of people that were here at the beginning but have now since left for for good reasons and and some have left for for other reasons. I was on a Zoom call with Rachel Jones. Remember Rachel Jones, anyone who was here at the beginning? Now living in Kenya, the school there. And she said, do, do pass on our greetings to the church in Bista. Recently I met with Adam Taylor. Do you remember Adam Taylor right at the very beginning, some of you? And he says, I'll say hello to the guys at Town Church with fondest memories. I remember some of them as you were beginning to think around the first church plant. Heard from Gareth Black not too long ago. Remember Gareth Black? Gareth and Amy? I was wondering how you guys are doing. Do say hello to some of the guys that I'd know. It's just like that. And I can see one or two smiles on the faces of people that have been here for a long time. Because you know that they are real people. You know that they, they were part of town church, the makeup. You know that when I pass on their greetings, that's not just a throwaway comment. It's heartfelt gratitude and, and thanks of the experience that they had with us here at Town Church in the very beginning. Paul talks of people that were once lost and are now found, and that's all of us who trust in him. Once lost, now found, once outside of Christ, now inside, with him forever. 
part of his family. God is the father, Christ is the head, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's who he's speaking about. That's who we once were. That's who we are. As you look at the church here at Town Church, Bista. Look at the mix of people we've got. Men and women, boys, girls, some a couple of days old, some a bit older in years. New believers, mature believers, some gifted with gifts that no one sees. Some gifted with gifts that can be seen from the front. Some acts of service you'll never see. Some you see all the time. People willing to look after each other, to go beyond the call, to make sure others are looked after. You see what Paul is saying? Paul is saying treasure each other. I send greetings and... And there are others that greet you too, the church. Verse 21, Timothy. Verse 22, Tertius. Tertius is the scribe. You know Paul's not lifted a finger to write this letter. You get that right at the end, don't you? That might have come as an anticlimax as well. What, Paul? You got Tertius to do all of your work? Gaius in there. Hospitality, Erastus, Quartus. There's something stunning and winsome about the simple nature of the early church. We see that. We're not meant to miss that in Romans 16. It would be be a scandal if we jumped on in Romans 16 without thinking about these names of real people. The nature of the early church, their self-sacrifice, the quality of relationships, the depth of commitment to each other and the gospel. And do you know what we see about Paul as well? Paul's not an island. Paul's not unapproachable. Paul's not stiff, upper-lipped. He's not arrogant as perhaps we've come across him as so or considered that. He's not cold. Oh, relationships really, really matter to Paul. They really matter to him. And so in verse 16, he says, greet each other with a holy kiss. I've spoken to the elders and we think that this is something we want to introduce now. To t- <laughs> OK, not too far. But it was a custom in that culture. It's a custom that showed the extending of Christian greeting, friendly Christian greeting. Yes, like the British, a firm handshake or a, a hearty hug. Do you know relationships really matter to Paul? Treasure each other, Paul is saying, because you're not alone. Perhaps life is tough, Johnny prayed it. Perhaps there are times that you think you can't face the week ahead. Perhaps you think you go into the workplace tomorrow and you're the only Christian and you really might be. But it's the joy of knowing that you come off the backdrop of being with friends, of sitting next to people that, that know you and love you. They're for you. Thinking of ways to serve you. 
And just before we move on, yesterday was a great moment. A great moment. I texted Roz. I said, Roz, you might just want to rehearse, rehearse the, uh, the reading. And do you know what her reply was? And it was within a minute. And it was a moment that I thought, I've got to talk about this. I've got to talk about the way that people care for each other behind the scenes. And she texted straight back and she said, I've been on to Google Translate to work out the pronunciation of each name so that she can serve you brilliantly in helping you stay focused in the last chapter of Romans 16, of Romans chapter 16. People in this church will love each other behind the scenes, you'll not know. But how brilliant it is to go out into the week knowing that there are people that care, that serve, and you will never know. People that are praying for you, and you will never know. Paul says, treasure each other. You are not alone. What does he say secondly? Treasure the gospel. It will guard your hearts. Look, verse 17 to 20. There's a warning here right at the end. This is important for Paul. There are some who wish to disturb this Unity, this wonderful unity, the 36 names that Paul has mentioned, united in the gospel. But there are others that want to cause division. See that in verse 17. Put obstacles in your way, contrary to the teaching you have learned, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Paul's urge to them is, is of course, not to become so insular, so, so kind of inside looking, so caring for each other that you lose your way with what the gospel truth is teaching. No. Paul says, be on your guard. There'll be people who want to come in and look how they disrupt. Incredible, isn't it? I could have been um, caught for this just a moment ago. How do they disrupt with flattery? (laughs) Kind words. But with smooth talking too, with deception. Oh, how how do we find that hard line between encouragement And kind words and flattery. How do we do that really well? Because all all Paul's talking about is is insiders, not not external. Not those on the inside trying to sway the the direction of the church. But those on the inside. Not on the outside. Those on the inside. Paul's urge is just be careful. Be wise and be innocent. Wisdom and innocence, these are rare qualities. What do we often ask you to do? We often ask you to test the teaching of the elders, of those that will stand up here and open the word of God. Not with a a critical eye trying to, to catch the elders out, but just to see if there's flattery in there. Just to see if there's deception in there. Just to see if there's smooth talking just trying to win people over. Not with truth, but, but just wanting to be liked. Of course, we could go into the evangelical world and churches in this country and in America and in the West. There'll be story after, de- story after story of deceit and flattery that's brought the church come crashing down. Paul says, be on your guard. Look at verse 20. Be on your guard 
Treasure the gospel. It will guard you. And look, God has the final word. Paul quotes Genesis 3.15. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Victory over Satan is achieved. It's always achieved by Jesus. Flattery, smooth talking, deceit. Look, it, it, it will be dealt with. Victory is his. But you see, there's, there's almost a further victory. A further victory as, as the personal deliverance of, of all believers crushed the head of Satan kind of again and again and again as believers continue to cling on to the gospel, not to be deceived. Not to be flattered, not to wander away from truth. The gospel alone guards hearts, so cling to it. Test the teaching of the elders and cling close to it. Let's final, finally um, wrap this up. Treasure the God of the gospel. To him be the glory. See, it's all his. Paul is so gospel centric here he commits all those who have been powerfully saved by the gospel to be established in the gospel by the god of the gospel and as we tie up this before we get to these verses it's the grandeur of god's saving work through christ which is captured Commentators have called it the greatest paragraph ever written. More powerful than a speech, Martin Luther King, or from Winston Churchill, or a play from Shakespeare. Here is the most profound paragraph in the gospel. And we just head just quickly back to Romans 3, 21 through to 25. And I just want you to read this. This is Paul's summing paragraph. Look at this. Don't miss this from Romans. I'm going to give you a moment to look through that. And as you read it, pick out those crucial words in the pink there. Verse 21, Paul has said that the law cannot give us a right standing before God. That's been big. It's not our good works. It's not following a moral code. It's not following even God's perfect law. No, it shows us the law. It shows us how to live lives that seek God and his glory. But it can't bring us right with God. A righteous standing. A right standing before God is given by the work of Jesus through faith. It's for all who believe. It's for Jew and for Gentile. Natalie said it. There is no better Christian you get that? I hope you get that at town church. Don't walk in at town church and think, oh, do you know, I'm not as good as them. Oh, I'm not. Look how they articulate the gospel. Look how they sing and praise King Jesus. Oh, I'm not as good at them as them. But, but, but likewise, don't walk in here thinking you're better than anyone. <laughs> because you're not. The gospel's a leveller. Because sin is a leveller. Natalie said it brilliantly. Verse 23, we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. We deserve his righteous wrath. Don't believe the person who wants to flatter you, who wants to say nice things, saying you're not that bad. Natalie said it brilliantly. We are. 
We really are. Paul said it. We're worse than we could ever imagine. But we're more loved than we could ever dream. It's Rico's line in Christianity Explored. Don't listen to people saying you're not that bad. I hope we've learned from Romans that we are that bad and worse. But the gospel is greater. We've been justified, declared right through redemption. You see that word, God buys us back from the bondage of sin at such a a high price. The death of his eternal son. It's Christ that became the sacrifice of atonement. And that means that Jesus bore the wrath of a righteous father so that you and I do not have to. That is the gospel. That is why commentators say that that is the greatest paragraph ever written in every and any book that we will find in the world. This is the way that God brings sinful people right to himself. So Paul can end with these words. And sorry that there's a lot of writing, but it is wonderful. Verse 25 to 27, at the end of the book, now to him. That's not me. That's not you. You're not the centerpiece of Romans. God is. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. That is the end of our journey in Romans. Now we have the gospel. We are a people who have been and are being transformed by Jesus. Now let's hold This good news out to others. Christmas is around the corner. Keep going on your invites. I've got four friends coming to Men's Curry. I've got 11 that haven't given me an answer. I've got five that are saying no. Continue inviting so that our friends, colleagues, neighbours, family might come under the sound of the gospel because it is... God's way of bringing sinful people, those who've rejected him, back to himself. It is everything. And Paul says, on Christ, the solid, solid rock I stand. Why? Because all other ground is sinking sand. Let's pray. And then we're going to sing. Sing a song that describes the journey of Romans And we'll reflect as we sing and we'll praise God for what he's done. Father, uh, before we sing praise to you, we just want to speak to you in prayer and say thank you for the gospel. Thank you that the gospel is the way that you have brought sinful people back to yourself. You've made them righteous with you. And we are grateful. Please, would we be the people who have been transformed and continue to be transformed by Jesus and let others know of this transforming, wonderful work of you. Lord, thrill our hearts. We were once lost, but now we're found and we pray.
pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand if you're able and sing praise to King Jesus.